0: Welcome back, or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson. And in this episode, we are talking with Ryan Miller, a professional trail runner based in San Antonio, Texas, ahead of the 2023 Bandera 100K. This episode is supported by both Rabbit and HVMN. Use code Singletrack20 on either of their websites for 20% off your next purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And with that, let's get started. Ryan Miller, welcome to the Single Track Podcast.
1: Finn, man, I am so pumped to be on with you. I listen religiously. I'm a huge fan of yours and the podcast and everyone you brought on, so I appreciate this opportunity.
0: Shit. I really appreciate it. And a couple things I got to say. Number one, I've never been one-upped on a podcast studio until today. What you have built there is incredible. And B, I wish we had hit record like 15 minutes ago because the banter was top-notch. Oh, dude.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, I'm. I'm seriously having some FOMO that I don't live uh, in the Salt Lake area, and we could just hang out and go for a, a long trail run, and just talk. But hey, long run archives, you're gonna have plenty
0: of those in the future, right? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And uh, I think to start off, you know, the topic at hand is obviously the Black Canyon Hundred K. There was a Twitter thread. It was uh, Liam Aid Station Fireball said that your Scenario here before Black Canyon was reminiscent of the LeBron James decision, deciding whether to stay in Cleveland or go elsewhere to Miami, etc. For you, it's the decision between formidable and Black Canyon. So um, what's it going to be? Yeah, let me back it
1: up a little bit. We got to build into this, Finn. And let me start off by saying I'm definitely not the LeBron James of the trail. I think if you brought Jim on here or Killian, that might be more akin to that. But for me, I'm more like uh, Alex Caruso coming off the bench for the Lakers uh, in the finals. But no, for me, so let me walk it back. Canyon's 100K. uh, That was the last ultra I ran back in April. Pretty rough experience for me out there. Um, But the fire was still lit after that to keep chasing the golden ticket and get back to Western States for some redemption, you know, for my 2021 experience out there. So in the summer, I think it was back around July timeframe, I registered for black Canyon hundred K. That was my initial aim. I was going to build up for that. I had a son, uh, my second born due in August and knew, you know, it would take a few months to get ready. So giving myself yeah. a couple extra months after Bandera would be helpful uh just to exit the sleep deprivation phase and get in consistent yep. training again. So that was my initial aim. And then all hell kind of broke loose uh health wise for me over the back half of twenty twenty two. So I missed three weeks of running due to a combo COVID and stomach illness from Mexico. I went to the emergency room twice and that wow. was super tough. And that was in July and August. Uh, I got sick a couple other times that knocked me out for five to seven days in September, October, and December. So I put up a post in November just saying like, hey, I, don't f- I was losing a lot of confidence. I couldn't string together consistent training. And I was never injured. I just yeah. kept getting sick. Um, so at that point, I knew I needed to shift my focus and not put so much pressure on myself because the physical health was then rolling into... The, on the mental health front that like, I'm not going to be ready for this. I'm not good enough. Like it was, I was just in a really bad spiral there. So I took that weight off my shoulders, put out a post and said, I'm, you know, I'm going to put black Canyon on the back burner. I'm going to put CIM on the back burner. So I was going to run that as a tune up and Olympic trials qualifying attempt in December. And you know what happened, Finn, when I took that load off my shoulders, that monkey off my back, I started running really well. Uh, yeah, the health held up. Um, I had only had a little sickness over the last three months and the fitness came back. So I put formidable on the calendar cause I saw as a qualifier for the world championship team. And I was really inspired yeah. by what the guys and girls did back in the summer there, uh, in 2022. I was like, you know what, that'd be an awesome kind of secondary goal to pursue something that still lights my fire. And that was what I was going to aim for. And I, I'm still registered for both. I wanted to see how the fitness evolved over these next uh, these last two months, and I really relied on my coach David Roche's opinion of how things were evolving as to what I would take a stab at. And we're on this podcast right now, right? So I think we yeah. all know I'm I'm taking it to Black Canyon Hundred K against what I think has to be the most stacked field since canyons. I mean, Western states, right? But in, in the United States. I've, I've looked at the starting list and I'm like, Holy cow, this is going to be a barn burner out there for sure. The deepest black Canyon running, I think in history and, uh, in line with maybe the most competitive sub hundred mile race, uh, in the U S these last few years.
0: I was going to say, if we compile all the U S golden ticket races, even the international ones, would you say black Canyon sticks out as the most competitive besides UTMB? I would say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, again canyons
1: last year when we were looking at that start list and i think that ran you know 10 deep with like guys who could be internationally competitive and probably 20 to 30 deep with nationally competitive guys and yeah. here it takes an even bigger leap forward you know i think about some of the guys uh, tom evans coming over from overseas and then a slew of of men in my race obviously the women's field is also pretty stacked but a slew of guys in my race with top five credentials at Western State uh, and top top finishes the last five to ten years at some of the biggest races in the country. So it's gonna be fun.
0: One thing that I want to talk about is the fact that you are a multi talented runner. You're, you're you're also a two fourteen marathoner. Um, you've had a lot of success at that type of race. In addition to what you've accomplished in the ultra scene when you think about making decisions for races between like formidable and black Canyon, or even like CIM and stuff on the road scene, is there a particular event that you feel like is the most easiest to slip into a training groove for and to generally prepare for? Like, do you find a race like black Canyon is more easy to wrap your head around than the grind of, of marathon training? Like, how do you think about all that? It's a great question, Finn. And you know,
1: I, I kind of relate it back to living here in Texas and what I have to train on. So there's great technical trail running here in San Antonio, obviously known for the, um, Bandera 100 K locally and lots of, but the thing I'm missing is the vertical side of it. Right? So the thing that's probably hardest for me to wrap my head around at this point is going to the mountains or running any race really where you're going to be seeing, let's just say 200, 300, 200 to 300 feet of vert per mile which lumps Canyons 100K that I took on last year into that. I think that that is really difficult to train for. I can hit the uphills on my treadmill, but the downhills are are impossible to get ready for. So wrapping my head around Black Canyon, Bandera um, is a lot easier in my mind. And the thing I love most about the trail side of it is that a lot of the big sessions I can do are on the trails and I can let go of pace, right? And rely totally on effort. I love kind of chasing Strava segments and chasing myself um, historical runs on trails near me and kind of getting a good sense of where fitness is as opposed to the black and white nature of marathon training. It's pretty easy to Mm -hmm. determine what kind of fitness level you're at there and it can be tough mentally when you feel like you're not hitting the paces or the times you want to be hitting in that preparation.
0: Why the recommitment to trails this year? Because obviously you've, you've, you've had this history on the roads. You've, you're still interested in investing time there and hopefully breakthroughs there. But uh, yeah, what's why trails this year? I'm driven most
1: by competition and being uh, competitive in events. And after the Olympic trials in 2020 uh, in Atlanta, I kind of saw the writing on the wall as far as my future on the roads. I'd run two fourteen and one oh three, but I didn't have the chops in the distances even shorter than that to show that I had potential to be a let's just say a two ten guy, two oh nine guy. I really like taking that next mm-hmm. leap on the roads, right? So yeah. in my head, was I excited to keep continue the grind and run two twelve? Not at all. Like it didn't. It I, I had zero excitement to try and lower my PR by one, two, three minutes in the marathon. But I saw this like open ended book on the trails. That really excited me, uh, and that was that was a beautiful aspect of taking on my first few trail races. Was diving into the unknown. Like I, I got my ass kicked at the Moab Trail Marathon, my first ever trail race. I think Adam <laughs> Peterman beat me by like forty minutes in a trail marathon. I mean, that was that was absolutely brutal. I was thinking I was eighth place or something like that. But then two months later, won the Bandera hundred K, and it was really freeing to just you know dive into this sport that. I had no idea what my potential was. And I still think there's a lot to be untapped uh, for myself. I'm 31 years old. I I feel really fit right now. And seeing these men and women compete so well, really into their 40s, is inspirational to me. Mm. And I want to follow in their footsteps there. So to go back to your original question, I see myself being at the top of uh, podiums and having fun doing it at races like Black Canyon, Western States, uh, the world trail championships, competitions like that. And that, that really gets my juices flowing and gets me motivated to get out the door.
0: One thing that you posted on Instagram, maybe it was a couple of months ago that I found fascinating was how much of a mental and physical toll being on this quote unquote golden ticket Olympic trials qualifier carousel can take you to. How are you thinking about that right now? Like how have you reconciled those two competing goals in your mind?
1: I think it's it's so fascinating how it's been two years since I got my golden ticket, the Bandera 100K. And since then, I really haven't done much. Uh, I think my only result of significance was winning uh, the Gorge 50K up in Oregon, which was really fun uh, against Adam Mary and Tyler Green, were my main guys yes. I was competing against up there last spring. And I kind of feel like I, I rose to a level of like, oh, this guy could be one of the next... Um, great Americans in ultra trail running based on his road credentials he's bringing in and initial success. I feel like I've, I've lowered a tier and now I'm a bit more of an underdog and a dark horse. Like, well, like he hasn't been able to hack the last couple of years. And that gets me really excited. Um, I feel like I have a lot to prove again. And that's a fun place to be. Like someone with nothing to lose out there. Not to say, you know, I'm going to step to the starting line in Arizona and go nuts and open with a 330, 50K at Black Canyon, but like, what's what's going to happen if I finish fifteenth place again? If I go for it and fall apart, nothing. I'm in the same exact place I was these last couple years, so yep. I think that's a pretty dangerous place in a good it's way, liberating for me to be. Yeah, exactly.
0: One more thing I want to talk about before we get into more of the details around the Black Canyon race. You mentioned being based out of San Antonio, Texas the Bandera 100k course is nearby. Um we love to both shed a light on I don't want to say unusual training locations but just places that don't get as much love. So can you talk about why you're based there and um how it feeds into what you want to accomplish from a racing standpoint in this sport? Definitely. So my choice to live in
1: San Antonio has nothing to do with my life in the sport of trail running and road running. Uh, It has everything to do with that my family lives nearby. And this is where I kind of built my career and and laid Mm. roots. I grew up here in San Antonio and I went to Texas A&M University, lived in Houston for a bit, Midland, Texas, and then eventually made my way back home uh, and got married to my wonderful wife, Lacey, in 2018. And her parents live within 20 minutes. My parents live within 20 minutes. Our siblings live here. That's something that we really value, especially as we were looking to start a family. And that's the reason that we really see ourselves staying put here. I will say that we did toy with the idea before we had our first kid of potentially moving to California. We were seriously looking at like Santa Barbara we'd fall in love with that location down there in Southern California. Yeah. But um, ultimately we decided that, you know what, like we really want to start a family and it's important for us to be uh, near those
0: folks here in San Antonio. Right on. Well, moving into the, discussion about black Canyon. Um, you know, I actually, I want to ask you one more question. There's, there's a bunch of fast guys in this race in that, uh, band of like two twelve to two fourteen marathon times. You've been in the sport long enough. I'm guessing to have a pretty solid opinion on this. Has your mindset about what it takes to be successful in this sport in training changed from when you first entered the sport? Like, I feel like there's a lot of guys that think they can just extend marathon training in and be successful. Um, so talk about that, if there's been an evolution at all. Oh, very much so.
1: Yes. Uh, fitness, I think, just overall aerobic fitness, right? Almost looking at like, where is your lactate threshold? Where can you sustainably run? I think that mm. determines your ceiling. Now, does your f- general fitness determine how close you get to that ceiling? Hell no. That's definitely not <laughs> happening out there. Training specificity, nutrition. Uh, course knowledge, mental preparation, all those things are much more difficult nuance to wrap your head around. I've learned, and it doesn't matter what, what your fitness is at. Those things are ancillary. They're separate from that. Yep. You know what I mean? So I think it's really cool that we're getting so many guys to have that kind of fitness into the sport. Cause it definitely raises the bar of what potential performances can be thrown down at these races. Um, yeah. I even think about, you know, Jim and Killian, right. I like to imagine that they're probably, they could run 208, 209 in the marathon if they really wanted to train for it. They don't, but it, their performances in ultras over the last few years or decade has really shown that like, that's what can potentially happen when you commit the fitness to the craft and the small, smaller aspects of trail running. Uh, when you bring those together in a success,
0: successful way. Gosh, I would love to have a whole conversation about Jim being potentially a two-away guy. That's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, you you tried you mentioned trying for a ticket last year at both uh Bandera and Canyons and they were self-described letdowns. Can you talk about how you've retooled for another shot at this year at at uh, Black Canyon? Like how training's been going, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, really training
1: over the last 3 months has been probably about as good and consistent i would say as before i ran my marathon pr of 2:14 and better wow. than when i ran and won the bandera 100k in 2021 uh in particular just talking with my coach looking at some of the hill workouts i've done and training runs i've done my the unmeasurable fatigue resistance factor <laughs> is significantly stronger than it was before and i really owe that to just spending more time on the trails um getting out of my bread and butter before was going out running on the roads or bike paths and just being able to flow at 510 520 pace all day and that that doesn't translate to the trails really at all unless you're doing I'm mean, JFK something like that maybe but for something like this getting used to uh your flow being interrupted constantly <laughs> rocks downhills uphills turns all of that i've really been able to uh wrap my mind and my body around handling that and being able to I'll put a more consistent effort. So I think I'm set up to run pretty well here. And earlier this year, I think I was actually set to run pretty dang well at canyons too, but I sustained a hip injury. I fell on a training run and smack just laid smack into my hip. I tore my I had half tights on, they completely tore, my butt was hanging oh. out. And uh ultimately I was feeling that like 10 miles into canyons, um, which really impaired I couldn't open up my stride the whole way. So that was a bit unfortunate. And the Bandera 100K before that earlier last year was just total shit show for me. I was cramping up like 20 miles in and uh, had a very negative attitude going into the race that I didn't have anything to prove, but I had everything to lose, which like we talked about before, that's a dangerous place to be in all the
0: wrong ways
1: uh, going into a race.
0: We were talking earlier about how this will likely be the deepest American ultra in 2023 that isn't Western States, I'm curious how you think about fields that are this deep in competition when it comes to being in the moment racing. Like, are you able to maintain focus and race your own race, or do you enjoy, uh, I don't want to say being swept up, but being sort of consumed by the moment at hand and how people are running around you?
1: I think it's just going to be fun. Because there's no doubt I'm going to be in that lead pack of guys at the beginning. There's probably going to be 15, 20 guys. You see that every the last few years at Black Cannon. They've yes, done the live streams. Yes. There's going to be a, somebody who breaks away. I have no idea who that's going to be. Maybe one or two guys up there, but you'll find me in that pack flowing quick, but in a relaxed way where we're taking our mind off the race and really putting our focus into getting to 50K strong and be able to move in the second half so for me i'm i'm not too worried about anybody else out there i think we're all bringing our a game to the race and i'm just excited for the opportunity to throw down with those dudes because i think a win at black canyon is going to stamp your name as a serious uh threat to win western states this
0: next year yes yes well ryan such an awesome opportunity to meet to chat and i think we probably have a future long run archives episode uh to do at some point as well we'll have to get in touch with brett this has been awesome we'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes and obviously looking forward to watching your race unfold uh next weekend is there anything you want to leave the audience with before we go
1: stay tuned it's gonna be a fun one out there it's gonna be a barn burner get your free trail picks in uh and don't count me out
0: One last thing before we go, if you are enjoying this Black Canyon pre-race coverage and interested in supporting the podcast, please consider one of the following three options. First, leaving a rating and hitting the subscribe button on Apple and Spotify. Two, becoming a supporter on Patreon, which is linked in the show notes of this episode. Or three, using the single track discount codes with our sponsors, also linked in the show notes. We can't do this without you, so thank you for all the support you're able to provide.